welcome to Capital Stories, where we talk to real people about real issues and find intersections of life and faith to encourage you in your personal walk with Jesus. Today on the podcast, we're back with Debbie Broussard, our kids' ministry director, and she's talking to Nick and Alia Gonzalez about family discipleship. Nick and Alia have three kids. They've got Aiden, who's 12, Brinley, who's nine, and Carter, who's seven. Yep. And this episode, before you tune out, if you're not a parent, is not just for parents. So Mm -hmm. hold on tight with us. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, one of the things that I took away from listening to this interview was just the importance of getting right in my own faith as truly step one of being able to influence someone else in their faith, you know, whether that's your kids or anyone else. Um, You know, you want to teach your kids to be in the Bible, start by showing them that you're in yours. If you want to teach your kids to trust God with their entire life and specifically maybe the outcome of their math test, um, show them that you're trusting God, you know, with those expense reports that are due on mm, Friday that you've mm, been stressing about Thanks all for week. calling me out on that. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to calm down in front of my children. <laughs> well, there's probably some parents out there now that the kids are back to school that have a few extra minutes. So pop some AirPods in your ears and sit on the couch if you so dare and have a listen to this episode. Here are Debbie, Nick, and Alia on Capital Stories. So we are here with Alia and Nick Gonzalez. So welcome. Thank you for having us. So first, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family? Uh, We have three kids. Uh, Our oldest is Aiden. He's uh, 12 and a seventh grader, uh, middle child who's a fourth grader, Brinley, and then our youngest who's going into second grade, who's Carter. A question that we talked about a while back in a parenting class was talking about your own childhood. What was that like, being raised in a family, whether a believer or non-believer family? What has carried into your own parenting experience? I think we had such different upbringings, and um, so that is always gives us a lot of conversation, just in the context of what we're talking about today with faith and family. And I grew up in a home where um, my dad was not a believer, but my mom was. And I think one of the things that affected me most was seeing her read her Bible every day. She did BSF, Bible Study Fellowship, and she did it for years and years. And so um, every morning before school and before she went to work, I would see her sitting at her desk reading her Bible and doing her study. And that's such a powerful picture that has stayed with me. And to be honest, I haven't created that picture for my own children as much Um I think they mimic looking at the phone more, but there is a Bible on the phone, so that makes it hard. But <laughs> that Bible that comes in handy, yes. doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It does. I still, I mean, ever since you know, I started having kids, that was one of my desires, was to have that image embedded in their hearts as much as it was in mine. And you also uh, grew up in the church. So, uh, Alia went to a Presbyterian church here in Salt Lake City, and... Uh, very involved in the music ministry with her mom, right. and uh, so she she got to see all of the uh, aspects of, of being around other Christians and in, in, in that whole uh, uh, surrounding and culture and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, growing up in the church family, it was very needed growing up in Utah and just left such a strong impact and definitely helped shape who I became, I think. Yeah, and for me, uh, I grew up totally opposite. <laughs> you know, I grew up in Houston, Texas, uh, in one of the ghettos in Houston, South Houston, Southeast Houston. Um, uh, we didn't—I didn't grow up a, a 
Christian per se. We didn't go to church growing up. Uh, my mom grew up Catholic, um, and uh, you know, and, and my grandmother is still a very strong uh, Catholic. Uh, but my stepdad, you know, he wasn't a believer, and so we didn't grow up doing church at all. And you know, and uh, we, you know, when we say we come from two totally different backgrounds, you know, you look at Alia's parents, and they're very laid back and, and, you know, very, very helpful, even though my parents were helpful also with other people, but it was just a different type of, of help. You know, her mom came from the faith aspect of things. My parents came from just to get by and, oh, you need help. Well, I, I need, I need help. So let's help each other. Didn't have the faith aspect growing up, except mainly, my, even though my mom talked about God and she did pray, we did see her do that. And I would say she even taught us how to pray, you know, you know, just make sure you say your prayers at night and all that, which we still do with our, our kids. You know, I come from a pretty dysfunctional home, very poor, lots of fighting and majority fighting about what most adults in the country fight about. What's the leading cause of divorce is money. We didn't have it. They wanted it. Couldn't have it. So they argued about it. So <laughs> it was kind of one of those things. So we had to learn how to be very resourceful at a young age. And our parents taught us to be resourceful. Things that our kids see right now with us, yes, they can have or they can get anything they need that I wasn't able to get. But my wife was when she was growing up. She needed something. Her parents got it. We needed something. Sorry, son. We can't get it for you. We ain't got money, you know, and uh, maybe one day you'll have it, you know. And so that was the kind of upbringing we have. However, we had we still had a loving home, even though we heard cussing our parents cussing out each other out every day, practically. But they loved us. Ali comes from parents who've been married how many years now? I think fifty, right? Oh, forty nine, forty nine years. Next oh, year's yeah. fifty. Next year's fifty. And and, I, and then I come <laughs> yeah. from yeah. I know <laughs> it's going to be big. That's We're going to make it big, <laughs> very big for them. But I hope they don't hear this, so we don't ruin the <laughs> surprise. surprise. <laughs> By the way, by joy, it's going to be big. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's coming out on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the That's way, great. yeah. Um, but my um, uh, I come from a split home, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, yeah, my stepdad raised us, and he loved us. I mean, he absolutely loved these two twin Mexican boys that. You know, the war in his blood, but he he did everything with us. He he took us to baseball games, and you know, was always at our practices. And uh, even though we, as kids, we we saw we felt that a lot of times that my mom and dad didn't love each other, but my gosh, they had one thing in common: they they loved us. I'm going to kind of fast forward because uh, you know, as I met Alia, uh, that's when I became a believer. Uh, and I'll, I'm going to just be real because. This is the way it happened. Um, and this is a capital story. And it's a capital <laughs> so story. This is really important. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we were in college, and one of my and Allie was getting her, her graduate degree, and uh, one of my friends said, "Hey, you should check out the the graduate student teaching the conducting class." And I said, hey, "Yes, I will." And she walked right past, and I was like, "Hello." And I looked at her eyes, and I was like, "Wow, she has this exotic look." The rest is history. The rest is history, yes. But the first time we talked on the phone, um, uh, she asked me a, a pretty deep question. She, she said, do you read your Bible? And I'm going to be totally candid and very honest. And I said, yes. <laughs> and I haven't. I hadn't. You know, I went to a Catholic thing one time that my mom had us go to, and we read, read part of Job, you know, the book of Job. Awesome. Uh, and we had our Catholic Bible and everything. And uh, she was like, Okay, well, do you go to church? I was like, I play at church. I get tired to play at a church, you know, on my trumpet. And, and, you know, and she was like, well, how about you read Matthew? 
And I want you to read Matthew, because if I'm going to date anybody, they're going to need to be reading their Bible. Wow. And part of me felt a little weird, because I was like, nobody's ever told me that before. And uh, <laughs> I kind of like you, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. <laughs> and from then on, she, you know, we went through it, and I found myself like very intrigued with the Bible, reading it all the time. And that's how our, at least my portion started of being a Christian came later, you know, mm-hmm. in college, in my, in my early 20s. And mm-hmm. that was because of God putting Allie in my life. And how has that translated then to your own home? Because I would imagine having mm-hmm. two very different backgrounds, mm-hmm. suddenly you come together. Mm-hmm. How do you become that united front when parenting and the desire mm-hmm. is to have your children have their own faith? So what does that look like? Well, I think it helped that you know that we were both believers going into our marriage and starting our family, and we knew what we wanted our faith to look like, I guess, um, what our own faith needed to look like. And then I guess you just kind of grow with it, right? As you, as you have your kids and with every stage, like it's easy to, you know, sing the Bible songs and when they're little and rock them to sleep. And then as they get bigger and they start to say things back and then you figure out, Oh, how do I say this next? Right. And now we've got a middle schooler and an upper Mm -hmm. elementary and, you know, navigating all the issues of the world and, how to be transparent and show Jesus through that. It's caused us to just have really open discussions. And I think we're both educators. And so we're always talking about uh, what's going on in the schools and in the world. And, um, and it tunes us into what's going on at our kids' schools and what they're dealing with. So we are just, we're both, I'm, I'm like a hard on your sleeve person. So I, I don't hide my feelings very well, my emotions. <laughs> so I kind of just say what's on my mind. And we're very open about talking with the kids about different things, you know, about faith and life. And we want to be really open with them. And we've seen friends go through heartache. And that allows us to tell that story to our kids so that they have a kind of a seared image or some remembrance of why something is so important. Um, whatever it might be. But our kids also, you know, a lot of like when we had kids, we waited five years, you know, after marriage. I'd never traveled as a kid out of Texas. You know, the closest we went to is Progreso in Mexico, you know, <laughs> the border town. But on, on my aspect, I knew that I'm, I was already different than my parents, you know, mm-hmm. you know, not, and, you know, we came into our marriage as believers, you know, within that five years, we had become you know, embedded in a, in a really great church. And then I became part-time staff at that church, which was like, oh my gosh. And so when our kids were born, all of them, they, were, they all were in, in our churches, you know, in the two churches I was on staff at. And Allie is a musician. She's a violinist. She plays here at Capitol. And, uh, but uh, Allie is also, you know, a studio musician and she played, you know, all over Houston. And so our kids got praise music all the time on stage inside of her stomach. And then when they were born, they went right into Sunday school classes. And, uh, and so that helped out as transitioning, having kids is we, they already have, ha, already had Jesus surrounding them, you know, because we're, we surrounded our lives in our, at our church, you know, so that, that helped out a lot compared to what in my, my life growing up, you know, from what we had. So very different communities. Very different that, communities. That you grew up. Yes. And, and the that community that we ended up living in was very kind of a tight-knit mm-hmm. Bible belt. Yeah. Everyone on your street goes to the same church, and everyone believes the same thing, and you go to the grocery store, and everyone's, 
you know, blessing you and thanking God and everything's very vocal. And Mm -hmm. I know my faith really strengthened moving um, after high school. I moved to Texas and that's where I feel like my strength really, or my faith really took hold. And um, when you can be around that many people and openly speak about God and be encouraged, you know, that was really great. And I know that played a huge part. I mean, it only took 18 years of living there to come back to Utah, but, <laughs> but I know you can see the hand of God in that and how He prepared us and, yeah, really deepened our faith for such a time as this, right? Saying that, and, and music is such an important part, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I do feel like music is powerful, and it's also repetitive, mm-hmm. and it kind of helps sear those memory verses or um, truths about God into the lives of your children. Are are there any other specific tools that you have found to be really helpful in introducing your kids to Jesus? So one thing we started, maybe after we moved here, I think it was, probably because it was the right age, but we started saying memory verses at night with the kids. Joshua and Joshua you know, one nine, you know, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, and, and but not just memory verses. We, I mean, because we don't call we don't call them memory verses at home. We call them God's promises, uh, because you know, being a parent is hard. You know, it can be hard, uh, but when I when I say hard for us, it's like we don't want our kids to experience things that won't help them become successful in life. So these promises that we got, we and it's only a few because. If you can embed those, like you said, with, you know, repetitive, if you can get those few promises that God has given you, you're always going to remember that in hard times. So when we have our conversations, like, how did that feel? And like when Brittany, when she did a, she did a musical at Skyline and she goes, I was so nervous. I said, okay, well, Joshua 1, nine. she goes, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God was with you wherever you go. I said, that's right. So you go out there and, and you have fun. You just make it happen and be okay to make a mistake. It's all good. Just move on, you know? And so, you know, and then, you know, and for us also, it's not just for them, it's for us. Because, I mean, I I don't fear things as much as I did before I was, uh, well, I don't want to even say before I was a believer, but even into our marriage, you know, I, I feared a lot, you know, is my, is our, our kids going to turn out this way? Oh my gosh, they got in trouble. Is that, are they bad kids? And realize, no, no, that's not what God promised you. God promised you that your kids are going to be successful, you know, and, and, you know, reading through our, our, our promises, we're good. You know, like Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, from the you know, plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to give you hope in a future. And so we don't need to worry anymore. So, and that's, those are conversations we have with our kids uh, through, through these, uh, these Bible verses or promises that, that God gives us. And those practices that mm-hmm. continually point you back to God. Yes. Love that. And yes. every Love every that. night I like to think, what are they going to remember when they're in college? And hmm. maybe they're in a dark time, and what are, what are they going to hear in their mind? What voice are they going to hear? What words of Scripture are they going to hear? And somewhere along the way, I just always I started saying, Mommy loves you, Daddy loves you, Jesus loves you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to say to them every night before every bed, because I want them to hear that when they're 18, 21. Mm-hmm. And, and it's one of those things where we we want when they we become adults and they have their own families that one day when we're passing, we're in heaven, they're going to still have our voices in their in their mind. Mm-hmm. And they're going to remember that. Mm-hmm. And they're going to remember those verses that, mm-hmm. you know, that we that we taught them, you know. Did they ever get mad at you when you don't say it? 
No, they haven't mentioned they, it. Yeah, no, they're just curious. I, I was just curious. No, sometimes if just, we get into a little routine. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes Stop. they're like, hey, you didn't say it. And oh, I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. No, they're, they're pretty laid back kids. You know, they're funny kid. as heck, but laid back, you know, mm-hmm. and... Uh, but but one thing we do say because you know we want to give our kids initiative to to do it themselves you know we're we're really big of you know when you don't have resources you have to learn to become resourceful whether that's needing something like our one of our our, our oldest son one day he had two little things in his hands he goes daddy can you come over here and close the door for me I said no <laughs> I said how can you close the door without me having to come over there and do it for you. I don't know. I said, think about it because I'm going to walk inside and you're going to have to close that door. And he figured it out. Oh, just put one under my arm and close the door. You know, and the same thing applies to our, the prayer. Uh, there's times where like, especially with our oldest son and our oldest daughter, we won't pray with them at night, but we'll say, did you say your prayers? Yes, I did. And, or they'll say, no, I didn't. I say, make sure you say your prayers. And, and there's times, I mean, most times we do pray with them, but then there's times we don't because then we're just spoon-feeding spoon our kids, you know, and we want them to have initiative to know that that conversation is not between mom and dad, between God and you. We, we, we try to take not complete hands-off, but, you know, give them that, re- that, let them know that they have the resource to go straight to God, you know, without mom and dad. And I think you mentioned something that's super important, like they're not necessarily memory verses, but promises from God. And Unless we as parents believe those promises, like you said, then we can't pass those on to our kids, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I battled thoughts early on, the same as you, yeah. fears that how is my child going to turn out? Is Am I doing the wrong thing? Am I doing the right thing? Um, and so much of it is just these lies and fears that we let ourselves kind of get carried away with. Mm-hmm. And until we believe those promises, you know, get rid of the negative that's in our head and we accept those promises about our kids, then we can give it back to them, right? Yeah. So it's such a personal. Yeah. And part of that is us being in the word also, you know, and, uh, and and I know like Alia said, you know, they like her mom had her physical Bible, like the, you know, paper Bible in front of her. And, you know, I have a reading plan I do every day that I've gone through six years in a row straight through the Bible, but they don't see me with my actual Bible. Uh, I've come to find out that I, I memorize scripture, you know, through this, Bible reading app. It's from our old church called Project 345. And uh, you go through the Proverbs at least 11 times throughout the year. And you do that six years in a row. And you're like, okay, I think I memorized majority of this thing. You know, they don't see that, but they hear it out of our words. You know, there's a scripture mm-hmm. that, that says you don't learn, you know, oh, gosh, I hope I don't misrepresent what I say, but you know, you, you learn the Bible by hearing. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear God's word by hearing when somebody can profess it to you or or prophesy over it for you. And, you know, and that's how, if you, if you think about it, how we, um, how, how we have other, like show people who Jesus is. We don't pull out our Bible in, in the middle of the supermarket. We show them by our actions because the truth is people, most people that are not believers will not pick up a Bible and start reading the, the, the first part of the Bible that they're going to see is our lives, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if we're in here, it's going to, it's in our heart. You know, and once it's in, our, it's in our heart, it's going to come out of our mouth. And the more we're in that, mm-hmm. the more we're speaking that faith, and more we're speaking those promises, mm-hmm. not to our, not not first to our mm-hmm. kids, but first to ourselves. Because you know, self-proclaiming Christians that you can tell are not in the Word because what comes out of their mouth. That verse that says, "Whatever is in your house, uh, in your heart, will come out of your mouth." 
we have to feed our heart. Mm-hmm. We got to feed our mind. I truly believe when our kids are going to see that with those few memory verses or, or promises that we give them, but also mm-hmm. how we act in front of each other. The pandemic played a huge part in this like reality check, right? Like, now it's just us yes. at home, and mm-hmm. are we like singing and having scripture readings together every morning in our <laughs> in our Sunday best? Yes. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> and, it's and not I that think, easy. Is it? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh! And in hindsight, you know, it was like such a good chance to step it up and be like, what are what are we doing? What are we teaching? You know. Mm-hmm. So we had church, and granted, you could just put on church on the TV, right? And that's it. But really making the effort to be aware of where can I include God in this conversation. One of the things we as parents don't sometimes recognize is that modeling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. our faith in front of our children, they know. Mm -hmm. They're very smart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I always like to say they're like horses, they sense. (laughs) (laughs) They know. They know when we're we're speaking out of both sides of our mouths. Right. Mm -hmm. So have you ever found yourself not on the same page? Yes. Not on the same page for parenting for between parenting. the two of us. Uh, specifically, as it would apply to your faith mm-hmm. and how to. Yeah. Utah mm-hmm. is, you kind of hit on yes. this, Utah mm-hmm. is a challenge. Right. And sometimes those fears, mm-hmm. and I love that you said, um, you know, you almost have to rewrite the narrative, mm-hmm. the negativity, right. mm-hmm. the fear, because we're all going to make mistakes. Right. Mm-hmm. But God's got our back, mm-hmm. and we can trust in those promises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how do we model that and use those teachable mm-hmm. moments mm-hmm. to translate it to our kids and yeah. their experiences mm-hmm. and their lives and their faith. When you're, you know, when you have a spouse and they're so different from you and respond mm-hmm. differently to different situations that I think the aspect of trusting like, you know, me trusting that God created Nick who he's supposed to be and that when he wants to respond a certain way to the kids Mm-hmm. that's how he, you know, there's a passion in there. It's not something that needs to be squelched. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we do see married couples where one gets the say over the other and one's always saying, no, don't say that, or or that's not okay. And that's, and you see kind of the defeating nature that happens from that. And so I think a lot of it is, I mean, we've had some pretty heavy conversations after soccer games. Why are soccer games always so stressful? <laughs> Why? I believe they actually Why? have a beautiful little placket <laughs> like right almost, by there. Yeah. Parents, I, please do not coach from the yes, sidelines. Almost they more will stressful not be than major Sunday league mornings. players next year. Passionate. <laughs> yes, passionate. Yeah. But it, uh, always leave it to a soccer game to get us discussing our differences and how we <laughs> respond to different things. Yeah. But Saturday mornings. Um, Breathing, breathing. I like better. that. You, I like that yeah. you two though are very proactive in your yes. strategies, yeah. so to speak, mm. of parenting, mm-hmm. so that you are on the same page. Right. Yeah. Right. That you come to yes. it as uh-huh. a unified front. Right. Yeah. And this yes. is why we're doing this. Yes, that's so yeah. true. And I think, yeah, we definitely want to make sure that the kids here. I mean, you know, he'll Nick will say, "Wait, did mommy just say no? Then why'd you come and ask me?" You know, like we definitely, yeah. you know, try to make sure that that. That's in place where it is. We are saying the same thing. And that goes back to respecting your spouse, right? You you heard that, okay, well, daddy thought that wasn't a good idea or daddy thought that was a good idea to go do whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and and respecting that decision that was made. And I think that in of itself, right, is, Mm -hmm. like you said, faith and trusting trusting that God is working through your spouse and making those decisions for a purpose. 
you know, you can have that trust, but then if one of us is a little bit more passionate about, no, let's let them do this, you know, what's really cool is that our kids see us talking about mm-hmm. it in front of, not arguing, mm-hmm. working it out, you know, and, mm-hmm. and going through all the options of why. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, the soccer thing. Allie is really good about going, good job, and really like, you know, encouraging, which we we, sh- we should do. And, and I look at the details of things, I'm like, well, why didn't you run as hard, you know? And Allie, you know, and, and it took Allie uh, uh, quite a few times to go, give it 24 hours, please. Just don't say anything. So I'm in the car, like, holding my breath, <laughs> you know, because the moment I breathe, something's going to come out. You know, I was like, why did you run? You I'm know? sure that's what the coach says, not just your wife. <laughs> yeah, I think they said that. But I don't say it on the sidelines. It's only in the car. That's where my that's where my game is, in the car, you know. But, but I've, I, you know, but that's part of marriage. You know, we're, we're, we're on our 18th year of marriage now, and – I feel like I'm barely within, and maybe it was it was because of COVID. And we're a lot closer, and you know, and quarantining. But I feel like that's one of those things I'm learning from my wife is that no, you know, sometimes you, I'm a, we all have kids. A lot of us listening have kids. I'm gonna say the S word. I had to shut up, you know, and so, <laughs> I, yeah, and and it's still not easy, but I'm I'm better at it. You know, but I'm dying inside. I'm like, I just got to tell them one thing, you know, but that, yeah, but <laughs> I, but that's where I have my spouse's voice in my head, you know, like if we're coming from a practice, okay, Ali is probably going to get mad or <laughs> have to talk to me if I have to, if I say something to Aiden, so I'll wait. Yeah, so. <laughs> so is there something from younger Nick and Alia that you would tell them? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that you um, would do it differently? Oh, man. Or maybe trust, just, trust your husband. Yeah, uh, I would say trust your husband. No, wait, no, just kidding, just kidding. Yeah, no, uh, no. Honestly, it's it's uh, going back. It's for me at least. It's patience. I think we'd be really naive if we we say that we 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 hit our parenting spot and we we figured this whole thing out. We'd never figure. We'll never figure it out completely. We'll figure a lot of things out. Uh, because that's biblical, you know, wisdom, you know, Pro- uh, Proverbs, either Proverbs 2 or, or uh, Psalm 2. I can't remember. I'm sorry. It says, you know, the beginning of this is, the beginning oh, of wisdom is this. It's knowledge, yes. Get wisdom. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. that simple. Mm-hmm. You Proverbs, know? So, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's Proverbs mm-hmm. 2, yes. Mm-hmm. And so we're, 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 we're always going to learn and, and we're, we're all going to always evolve as people and how we react to things because we're just getting better. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I mean, you just gave someone, a friend reach out to you the other day for advice, and you gave the most amazing advice. And just even looking back, I can see how we've done that. Like, you change as people, but you grow together. Yeah. And so we're definitely, we are not the same people we were, right, when we first got married. And and that was, you just hit the nail on the head when you said that to this friend. Like, you have to evolve as a person. You have to try to get better. And you have to do that together, Mm -hmm. right? And everyone's going to change in a different way, you know, Mm -hmm. because we all need to work on different things. But but doing that side by side and continuing to grow. I know that's such a cliche, but growing together as a couple, but that's exactly what that is. Yeah. And And also realizing that everything is going to be okay. Yeah, that's our new. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be okay. It's yeah, that's your new well, motto it, for yeah. the year. Yeah, well, it's been our model for about yeah. since we moved here because everything was like <laughs> Thanks, God moved us here and our world went upside down uh, and all the way around and every up and down, you know. It's and be uh, okay. but yeah, it's all good. That was a, the term good. we say. And uh, but you know, lately, you know, these past few weeks, uh, I remember our pastor from Houston. 
uh, when something would happen, he, he he would say, the Lord has us. The Lord will protect us. The Lord has this. And it's his promises again. It's a promise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so lately in the past few weeks, I've remembered that and I'm like, okay, Lord's got this. Lord's got this. We're okay. But that's what I would tell my my mm-hmm. former self because Alia mm-hmm. knows that I, I w- would freak out be the right word or right phrase. Mm-hmm. You know, like anytime something bad happened, mm-hmm. I would kind of freak out, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, when you grow up poor, you don't have a lot. So everything you had, you held on to very, very tightly, you know. And so as we got into marriage, you get a job and for the first time you have all this money and, you know, like, what do I do with it? And you hold on to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so everything I would, got, I would mm-hmm. get, I would hold on to. But when things didn't go right, in my mind, it was, I'll never have it again. Mm-hmm. I just lost something. I hadn't. I lost it. Of course I lost it. And not having that faith was like, you know, that, no, you may, it may have gone away. Because God has something bigger mm. and better for you. So mm-hmm. what I would tell, that's what I would tell my, my, my at least mm-hmm. my, uh, my young self, you know, is it's okay. It's all good. Mm-hmm. God's got this. And he has something better for us. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to teach our kids. Maybe that's why they're so laid back because they hear it all the time. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, something you mentioned earlier, and I don't want to forget to share this, but um, I think we're at the age well, our kids are at the age now where it just hit me this summer with one of the experiences that we had that God is going to start hearing their prayers and answering their prayers mm. too over ours, right? And our desires. And that was a really like light bulb moment for me this summer because we were visiting family in Houston for a really long time. And the kids were like, can we stay all summer? Can we stay through my birthday? And we were just <laughs> like deer in headlights, like we're going to go. We can't stay that long, y'all. Like, we got to get back. Um, But sure enough, just at the very end of our trip, we came down with COVID, a couple of us in the family, and and I was not, none of us was happy about it. Who would be, right? But at the very end, I think it was the last day, we were taking a walk. Nick and I kept taking six six feet apart walks in the evening. <laughs> so it was rough. Socially distanced. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and, uh, hold my hand. With masks. <laughs> But but I told him, right? Do you remember when I said, I think God may have just answered their prayers. Like, mm-hmm. this was not our prayer to stay this long. Uh-huh. But look how God answered, probably answered her. And sure enough, our son got to stay and celebrate his birthday because we were there and I was quarantined. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, so it wasn't in any way we would have expected it to be. And it could have been so much worse, right? Um on our part, you know, it was just a little sickness kind of that we had to get through. I say little, you know what I mean? But, um, but I don't know. That was a huge light bulb moment. Like, wow, like our kids, for God yes, and, our kids yeah. are getting older. And I was, you know, like, did you pray about this? Did you pray to stay longer? Cause it <laughs> happened, you know, God yeah. heard you. So anyhow, that was yeah. really, that's like a new thought for me since the past month. Like God's going to start answering their prayers mm-hmm. and which is so cool too, to see and, and to bring that up for discussion. Like, yeah. I didn't really want to stay, but you prayed about it and, you know, kind of opening or whatever. Up that door yeah, yeah. To talk about it. Yeah. One of the th- thoughts I had is oftentimes as parents, we regret certain ways we've na- navigated mm-hmm. through different age mm-hmm. spans of mm-hmm. our kids' lives. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Have there been any times when you felt not regret, but what would you say to a parent mm-hmm. that carries that shame and guilt? Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're thinking it's too late because mm-hmm. you've hit on a lot of these spiritual right. practices. 
mm-hmm. you know, whether mm-hmm. it's memorization of scripture or it's singing or mm-hmm. it's worship or talking about prayer, or praying in front mm-hmm. of your kids or what have you. And you've sort of integrated your faith into your family mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. What would you say to the, the parent that's like, oh, that ship has sailed? Mm-hmm. It's too late. I don't feel like it's ever too late to show love and dedication, right? And for me, I struggle a lot with my first reaction to what my children have decided to do. Like, I don't know. Um, Our daughter loves to craft, and she loves to paint her nails all over the house. And, you know, just different things I'll walk in on, and I'm like, my initial reaction is like, why did you do that? What are you doing? You know, something negative is always my initial reaction. And, And I fight that, and I know that. And so if I do, if something does come out that's kind of, um, what's the good, what's a word? Um, like critical. Criticize, yeah, critical, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I always take a deep breath. I walk away. And then like I think about, okay, and then I come back and say, you know, that was really creative what you were doing back there. Like, or, you know, I'll try to redeem it with a lot of positive things, right? The one negative comment takes seven positive. So, um, but coming back and going, I see why you chose to do it like that. And that was really, that was a great problem solving thing, you know, or whatever. Um, Cause I know my initial reaction is always to be critical. And that's just something that I know about myself and I try to be better about it. But so coming back and saying, you know, I'm so sorry, I really did get upset back there. But, you know, sometimes I get scared, just like you get scared or, upset just like you get upset you know um and i think just being transparent with them and being open and being okay coming back knowing it's okay to say one thing and come back and redeem that moment shows you care and i think i just saw all these memes right but there was a a quote that said if you're asking if you're worried about if you're being a good mother then you probably are being a good mom if you're worried about that right (laughs) if you're worried about being a good parent you probably are being because you're concerned about it and you're in tune to that So that's kind of what I take. And I don't know, maybe when he turns 13 and we have teenagers, it will all (laughs) be different. But I feel like, but we have seen people that have given up on their kids or, and I think, do you know what? It comes back to the promises and speaking life into our children. Um, Nick's favorite verse that he founded his nonprofit on is the life and death, death, death. It's life and death and the power of the tongue. Thank you. Those who eat it will bear its fruit. Yes. Yeah. And and so we've heard, you know, people say about their young children and their old children, oh, she's a klutz, or he's so clumsy, or he's always falling, or um, or she's a brat. Or, I mean, they'll just say things off the cuff. About and their own children. About their own kids. And, and maybe one of our children might drop things a lot and might spill things a lot, but we don't speak into that, you know? No. And you might have that thought in your mind, but it's not something you say out loud because you don't want them hearing. It's just not something. So we speak those promises, right? So I think, I don't know. I I hope, and I hope my older self will still tell my younger self it's never too late. And you can always, always say something to make someone feel loved, even if the response is not what you want it to be, right? But speaking into like if, Someone saying it's too late. As he, is it is twenty and thirties? You know, I, I I remember everything as a kid. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like I, I would say maybe four years old. Not everything, but I remember a lot. Yeah. Um, and you know, in my twenties and maybe early thirties, you know, I thought it was more like a curse because I remembered all the bad things that would happen, and you know, and come to find out, look, God made me as my own man. 
Mm-hmm. I don't live in that. I'm living in that past. I need to stop living in that past. I need to start living now and then what God has already promised us. And so once, once I started changing that mindset, you know, I, you know, my life changed and it helped our marriage, especially because, mm-hmm. you know, I talking about evolving as, as the person God uh, has made you to be, mm-hmm. you know, I started be, becoming that. I'm still mm-hmm. working on it, you know, in my forties mm-hmm. and everything. But, uh, I, I've, Alia didn't see my household when we were kids, you know? Um, and so, and she didn't live that. So seeing my, my, I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of my stepdad, uh, you know, he, he had some rough times. And as we got older, he, he was more specific on things that happened in his life that we didn't know about his kids. And so we, you know, come to realize that that's why, that's why you reacted that way. But like I said, we weren't raised in the church. Uh, but one thing that we made a point of is to pray for our, our parents to become saved and for our, our siblings to become saved. About seven or eight years ago, uh, my dad got baptized. And it was like, whoa. And it was weird how it happened because him and my mom split. <laughs> they weren't married. <laughs> uh, they didn't get married until after they got baptized <laughs> seven or eight years ago. And they were like, we're going to do it right in front of God and everything. And uh, and they didn't even tell us. They went to City Hall and got married in Houston. <laughs> yeah. They are like, by the way, we're married. And we know. No, no, we actually got married. Like, Why'd you tell it was, <laughs> When did you get married? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But my, my stepdad, he was just, he was, and he still is, you know, one of those people that look back and said, nope, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he became mm-hmm. saved in his 60s. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. He was like, son, I listen to sermons every day. I'm like, mm-hmm. praise God. <laughs> you know, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, you know, our, our, the Bible says our life are, is like a mist, you know. Mm-hmm. However, we're still part of that mist right now. We're still mm-hmm. visible. We're still alive, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it, nobody's ever, mm-hmm. is it unredeemable or not mm-hmm. redeemable? Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. is, you know, mm-hmm. and it's all about like surrounding yourselves mm-hmm. with the people that will help you mm-hmm. with that. Um, and, you know, no. yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, I just think, I mean, I know from my own experience that regret is, I used to say, oh, I'm never going to regret anything because that's a part of who I became. And then as I got older, I started making decisions, and I was like, oh, I really regret that. (laughs) I guess you can regret. And that's such a destructive place to live in, right? Mm. And so just praying with all your might that God would just take away that regret, that 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 would not be where you stay because that's living in the past, right? And the Bible says to look forward to what's ahead of you and not to look back. And then also to just pray in the midst of that, if you feel like what you're saying to your child is not, they're not hearing it or whatever, even though continue to love on them, even if it's annoying or whatever you're trying to redeem and you're not sure if it's working, but pray that God would put people in their life too, right? That would help get them on track because it takes a village and a community and God can use believers and God can use unbelievers to Mm -hmm. help steer your kids in the right direction and and I think that reaching out to community, a lot of times we just, we live in isolation. And I mean, Nick and I have talked about this recently, like the pandemic was isolating. And for me, I don't know, moving to Utah was kind of isolating too, right? Um, when you move away from anything that you're just used to, and it's so easy to draw inward and and start to think certain things that aren't true. And so 
I think that reaching out for help and being brave enough, that song, you make me brave. I keep singing that because mm-hmm. it's like, God, make me brave to go forward and to do what I need to do to help myself, to help my kids, so I can be the person that I'm supposed to be for them. I teach high school, and I had a high school student who's a senior, and I, in this one class of mainly sophomores, and so it was really cool to hear the senior talk. I was hearing him do a mock interview, which is one of our assignments for the class, and he was, someone asked him how he became who he was or something. The interviewer asked him, and he said, well, you know, I really struggled, and I was going down a really not good path, and I wasn't a good student, and this and that, but you know what, Mr. Mister So-and-so at the school came, and they looked at me, and they said, you're smart. Mm-hmm. You can do this. You're smart. And he's like, and that like gave me so much inspiration. And he said, and then my mom, she really believed in me, and she just kept telling me, you can do it. You can do it. And so it was just like the sweetest thing to hear him call out two people in his life who told him he could when he had just convinced himself that he couldn't. And here he was, a graduating senior with huge aspirations to do all sorts of things. And anyhow, and I went to the teacher and I said, do you remember this student? And they were like, no. (laughs) I was like, well, you changed his life. Like, you told him he was smart. So we never know the power of our words for our own children, right? And the power of our words for someone else's. Um, You mentioned community Mm -hmm. and influences. I also want to circle back that when you were in Texas, Mm -hmm. you said that you had kind of, within your church community, reached out to other resources and people who are in different stages of your life, Mm -hmm. even for Mm -hmm. marriage or parenting or what Mm -hmm. have you. And I think that's really, really important. So have there been, or who are those Mm -hmm. influencers Mm -hmm. outside of your family that play a part in your own children and their faith? Oh my gosh, we had, I think... I don't know that our experience gets any better and more beautiful than what we had in Texas. Those of us that all lived on the same street together, we still call those years like the wonder years because Mm -hmm. they were so fantastic. Being pregnant at the same time with neighbors and growing together and letting their kids come over to play and our kids and, you know, just that community. But but we definitely had the opportunity to have friends who were older than us um, be like parents to us and grandparents to our kids when we didn't have our parents there. You know, their kids were away at college and we just had new babies. And so, I mean, we were just going through the litany of friends that we had in Texas and friends that we're making now that now we're becoming the older parents of friends (laughs) who have younger kids, right? And kind of to see that come full circle. But then I have a great friend from college and and we call her Aunt Laura, and the kids are like, is she our aunt? I'm like, no, she's not, but we call her <laughs> Aunt Laura, right? And and she's been my, like, sister in Christ. And so when our daughter says, Mommy, I want a baby sister, we're like, honey, that ain't coming, but God's going to give you. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought we were going for four more. <laughs> but, you know, but that trust in knowing that God will give I, and I've told her, God will give you a cousin or a friend that will be just like a sister, because just like Aunt Laura is to me. And she was like, you're right. <laughs> and, you know, and whenever I talk to my friend Laura, you know, I I see how patient she is with her kids. And I'll see some gleam of beauty out of her that I'm like, man, that just encourages me in my own walk with my own kids. Like, am I really that patient? But then you also have friends that say, no, you're doing good. They can <laughs> encourage you and affirm you. Yeah. and. And now that our kids are getting older and they're wanting to make money and have jobs and 
moving perspective back to Utah, but we've happened to live next door to, well, a few streets down. We're neighbors with some new friends who actually were from 10 minutes from where we lived in Houston, uh, but we didn't know each other there. And but they'd now gone to church, our church a few times. Yeah, you know, small, small world. But, yeah. um, you know, when our kids reach out and they know that they want to make money, they're so considerate to offer the opportunity to them and and just love on our kids mm-hmm. in such a special way. And just to see other people give your children a gift like that, right, where they're tuned in to your children's desires is so, so special. And your friend here, I think, is so cool. Our our friends that we talk about that we met here, um, I feel like are as a direct result of Capital when mm-hmm. Pastor Troy gave the message about um, Caleb and Joshua, right, best friends. And he was like, pray for a Joshua in your life. Yeah. And at the time, you didn't have anyone no. here in Utah that close and it was so funny because you ended up getting a David instead, but yeah. but not the same, <laughs> same day. Yeah. Well, no. it was you know because yeah. the Bible says you know find a brother uh, find mm-hmm. a find a friend that's closer than a brother. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in the first few years, I was yeah. lacking that, and I was yeah. I was needing that because I'm, uh, my real brothers were in Texas, and, mm-hmm. and God it's will answer just, your prayers yeah. in time. It's just amazing to see how He provides, yeah, and how cool to use a sermon like that to start the prayer right. Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah. Yes, we will pray for that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think to go back to just the community and people outside of your mm-hmm. unit mm-hmm. pouring into your kids, mm-hmm. yes. I'm going to make a plug for kids' ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think it's yes. vital that it's not just parents, mm-hmm. but it's our body mm-hmm. encouraging our kids. So good. Mm-hmm. Helping our kids navigate, reminding them yes. of the promises, mm-hmm. solidifying what they're hearing at home mm-hmm. right? on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. or Saturday nights. And I just, I feel passionately mm-hmm. about that, so where good. I feel like we all have an opportunity mm-hmm. to pour into yeah. our children and, um, and point them yeah. to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I can, can I continue this plug? Yes. The Sunday that we came, or the Saturday night, we came up to Park City is still a highlight of the summer for Brinley and Carter. Mm-hmm. They were like, can we go back? Because you did that exact thing. You saw their desire to help and to be involved, mm-hmm. and you just pulled them in. And they were literally, I cannot think of a time that they've been happier than that Saturday <laughs> when we went home. And they're still like, we got to go. We got to go back. We got to go back. And oh, so. And you think of the teacher that didn't remember the student. Yeah. Like, Right. I wouldn't have known that. It was you know just I mean? a day yeah. for like you. A, another, it, another Saturday, another, yep, right? Another weekend. And it made... <laughs> another weekend. Their, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how go. those weekends yeah. always come back around. It's like, how did that happen so well, quickly? Well, that particular <laughs> yeah. weekend was very special. But I just... But I love... I mm. love that we have a program for children mm-hmm. and so our ministry good. for right. these, these children. right. Sometimes we don't even realize it's right below it. And then seats. Yeah. Upstairs. And then affirming, like you said, Mm -hmm. affirming what's taught at home and then supporting if it's not able to be taught at home for whatever reason, right? Or there's conflict or strife and then coming to that safe place and hearing that awesome, encouraging word. If you were talking to a parent or any parent that's listening to this now that they're like, where do I start? I, I don't even know where to start with parenting mm-hmm. and how to shape mm-hmm. or bring that Bible into mm-hmm. our family, w- would you have a piece of advice? 
would you be able to mm-hmm. say, start here or try this? I would say start with prayer first. Mm-hmm. Number one, mm-hmm. prayer, love, and affection. Uh, because, you know, uh, we all have one thing that God has given us. Mm-hmm. We all have a deep feeling to be loved, mm-hmm. to feel respected, to feel included. And it starts there. It's easy as parents to just go home after work and sit down. We're God gave us this gift, you know, and we just have to keep, uh, you know, we have, we have to be involved, you know. So it starts there is, is number one, giving your time with prayer and showing them that. And even if you don't provide the Bible, you're at least talking to God mm-hmm. with them. I would suggest doing one verse. Find Just that find promise. Something super short. Super short. And, and re- recite it every night. And I think, you know, whenever you're trying to do something new, it feels so weird and so awkward. And I think one lesson we learned mm-hmm. early on, and it was weird for us, and I don't even remember where we heard it, mm-hmm. at church along the way some point. You know, just saying out loud, praise the Lord. Like something yep. good happens, just say praise the Lord. And it's going to sound so weird coming out of your mouth, <laughs> you know, for the first few times, like first six months, if, you've, if you're not used to saying that or just any kind of like using God's name in a great way, praising him, thanking him. Oh, thank you, God. Like a genuine thank you, God, for genuine, that, yeah. right? Um, I think starting to say those things and saying God's name out loud is mm-hmm. so important because it was weird, right? We'd say, praise the Lord. And I'm like, yeah. I never, that sounds so weird. It, like it feels that. It's so like you're weird. acknowledging yeah. that he is in it. Right. Yeah. He's right. in this life with us. Uh-huh. And yeah. And, and I think once you're, you know, in prayer and you're like, God, what are you teaching me? And you can kind of feel that for yourself. Then just even a simple question, did God teach you anything today? Or did you see God today? Or look at that flower. Can you believe God makes yellow like that? I don't know. I mean, just something so, so simple. And it might seem meaningless at the time. And it might feel so awkward to even bring it up. But just being brave enough to say those things. And you're right to just acknowledge God in your conversation out loud. I love that. Well, thank you both for sharing your story. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Like Eric said earlier, if you're a parent or a guardian or, or not a parent, we hope that there were some really good nuggets in this episode about the impact and the influence that we can all have on the kids that are in our sphere, whether the kids are two years old or 20 years old, the model that we show, the example that we show in our own walk with Christ in the living of just daily life, uh, it, it has an impact. They're watching. So we hope that you got a few suggestions and practical tips about um, how you can do that, how you can walk well in Christ as an adult with with kids that are watching, um, watching the adults around them. So if you would like to check out the links to some of the resources that were listed, you can go to capitalstories.com. And if you have a suggestion or um, have a story that you might want to tell, you can also let us know on capitalstories.com. We'd love to get to know you better. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.